to be a service along the pilgrim way and lead the lost to Jesus as fervently I pray as day by day I travel I keep him ever nigh and live with him forever in glory by and by oh yes I live in glory I live in glory by and by I tell and sing the stories there there on high there with my dear redeemed there be no more to who die oh yes I live in glory glory by and by the end I know is nearing by faith I look away to yonder homes of Nana, the land of endless day. I cling to him forever and look beyond the sky and live with him forever in glory by and by. Oh, yes, I live in glory. I live in glory by and by. I tell and sing the story there, there on high. There with my dear redeemed, there be no more to who die. Oh, yes, I live in glory, glory, by and by. Church, let us know pages 882. No tears in heaven. Once again, page 882. I'll find another sentence together. <clears throat> no tears in heaven, no sorrows given. All will be glory in that land. There'll be no sadness, sadness. All will be gladness. We will join in happy band. And there'll be no tears in heaven's fair. No tears, no tears of there. Sorrow and pain with all hell flow. And there'll be no tears in heaven's fair. No tears, no tears of there. No tears in heaven will be known. And there'll be no tears in heaven's fair. No tears, no tears of there. Sorrow and pain will all have flow. And there'll be no tears in heaven's fair. No tears, no tears of there. No tears in heaven will be known. Our glory is waiting, waiting, waiting up yonder where we shall spend the endless day. There with thy Savior, Savior, we forever in no sorrow can this be. Oh, and pain will all have. 
Let church say amen again. Amen. Uh, we're so thankful to God this morning that we are able to come together and once again have worship uh, on the Lord's Day. It's always a blessing to be able to come together and to be in worship. Uh, there's no other better place to be, especially as we think about these holidays. What are you pointing at, brother? Behind me. Oh, <laughs> I thought there was something going on behind me. Oh, it's all right. It's always a blessing to be able to come together, on, especially during these holidays, uh, to be able to worship God in spirit and in truth, especially during this time where people began to reflect on those things which are religious. Uh, we know that this is the year and the month, if you will, of, of Christ's Mass, if you will. We, they named it Christmas, but it actually uh, has the idea and the concept of of uh, Catholicism as they deal with Christ's mass. Um, but we know that there's something more important to here, to this here. Uh, as we look at the significance uh, of the coming of Christ, especially as we speak about him being our mediator and being our advocate. It's important for us to know that there's something about this relationship that we have with God that helps us to understand the significance about every day, not just one day, not just one moment, not just one season, but every day. Uh, we recognize the significance of the coming of Christ. And so since it is the case that we are in this season where individuals began to reflect and think about the, uh, the idea of, of, of Christ and his coming, uh, I'm going to loop this in. I'm going to tie this in. Uh, this coming of this child uh, uh, in the manger that uh, many uh, place the wise men around. Um, the, they call it the three wise men and, and how they have all the uh, various festivities around the coming of Christ. Even to the extent where we find uh, the idea that uh, uh, somehow this uh, happened during a season where it was very cold and uh, and it uh, seemed to be snowing and you know we have trees that we began to dress for various reasons and uh, uh, all of this uh, uh, interest in the uh, commercialism of, of the holiday uh, as opposed to the significance of what it means for us to recognize the coming of Christ and 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 I I, I understand that there is a, a sense of a, a joy uh, during this time, but, but I think the joy may be misplaced, and, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, contemplating as I wrap my mind around 
some of the thoughts. Uh, how do we really see this idea this season when it comes to uh, the, the presence and the trees and, and some person coming down a chimney and reindeer and snowmen, all this festivity that comes around the idea of uh, the coming of Christ. And, 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 and when we appreciate those things and, 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 you know, and find laughter and humor, humor in it, I wonder how much more do we understand that Christ came not for any of those things. That none of those things are relevant to God at all. But yet the world has made that, that the centerpiece of the coming of Christ. Um, as I said before, you know, I, I appreciate the, the idea of a holiday where individuals want to give presents and things of that nature and send wonderful cards with wonderful words on it. Uh, I would hope that those words actually carry every day, not just on the 25th of December. I just, you know, if, if you want to say bless you and I wish you well and all the things in the world that God has to give you and all this, I, I hope he gives it to us every day. I just don't hope 25th is the only day. But nevertheless, we, we appreciate those things and, and we can certainly uh, uh, look back at our our life as 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 young kids and 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 I can appreciate every every box of, of of candy and every ribbon that wrapped around something that I was able to open and something was there for me under the Christmas tree and all this stuff. Loved it, amen. Still love gifts, amen. Love all that, but when it comes to the understanding of why Christ came here. And why he died. I can tell you that it's not wrapped in a boat. I, I can certainly tell you it's not about a, a reindeer with a red nose. That can lead a sleigh. I, I'm, I can certainly tell you that it's not about some jolly man with a weight problem. That's wearing a red outfit. That came from the North Pole or wherever. I can certainly help you to understand that there's, an under, there's, there's much deeper in importance about the star that shined in the sky. That the angels made mention of concerning that, that, that uh, if you will, that uh, 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 he will be found under that star. That is, the child will be found under that star. And they were to look for him and to, and to, and to uh, uh, search for him and to find him. And he would be showered with mint and ur and all the other types of uh, 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 blessings that God would allow him to possess at that time as a child. I, I can certainly tell you that when the angels said that this day, is born unto humanity, a child that brings peace among men and, 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 and his star, if you will, that is seen. I can tell you that, that his coming into this world is much more than about gifts. But it was about his, his advocacy. It was about him being able, and he only, having the power to save the souls of men. You see, that goes beyond the material things that we take pleasure in. It's more about not this life, but the afterlife. 
It's more about the time that comes after all of this is over. It's more about, as God would say, what does it profit a man? And as God would say it, that, that, that you can't serve God and mammon, what God would say is that your flesh is one thing, but your spirit is another. It's about more than just the things that we are able to give one another. Much more. For it's about something that we can't give each other. And what we can't give each other is eternal life. But we know who's able to give it to us. We know who is able to give it to us. Not, not because of the joy of the various things that I mentioned, but because of the tragedy of something that happened at the end of his life. You see, we talk about the joy, but we don't talk about the tragedy. You see, because of the coming of Christ, he became that offering, that sacrifice that had to go to the cross to die for the sins of the whole world. Now, I'm not trying to put a damp on your holidays. I'm trying to bring awareness to it and how we need to appreciate it. Every day we need to appreciate that God died on the cross. You know, before I open up the gift, before you open up the gift, before you open up the card, think about thank you, Lord, for the suffering and the sacrifice that you made. Amen. That the world now has an opportunity to even at least recognize that there is a God. And that he sent his son to die on Calvary's cross. And even if they do it once a year, we're going to work on trying to get them to understand that it's more than that. But just once a year is, is, is a good start. But we need to work on more than that. But every day that I'm here, every day that I rise up out of my bed of slumber, every day that I can put one foot in front of the other, every day that I can tell somebody I love them, every day that I can provide for somebody something that they don't have, that I have, that I can give them that they need, every day I can deal with the long-suffering and the challenge of what trials and tribulations of life bring every day. I just want to stop for a moment and say thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. Because it's not about the gifts that we see under the tree. It's about the gift that was hung on the tree. Lord, have mercy. It's not about the gifts under the tree. It's about the gift that was hung on the tree. Are y'all with me? The Jesus Bible says in the Gospels that, that he hung on a tree. They hung him on a tree. And when they hung him on a tree, they stretched him long. They stretched him wide. They put nails in his hand and nails in his feet, a crown of thorns on his head. They spat upon him. They slapped him. They did all these cruel things because we had sinned. Not because he had sinned, but that we had sinned. And so when I think about the blessings of God, I think about the one gift. The one gift, the one that God says God so loved the world that he gave, his only begotten son. That whosoever should believe on him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, because of the gift that was hung on the tree, and that tree, if you haven't picked it up yet, is the cross of Calvary. Because of the gift that was hung on the tree, I can appreciate more of the gifts that are under the tree. Because I recognize if it were not for the gift that was hung on the tree, there would be no gifts under the tree. And certainly, the value of the gift that is hung on the tree, none of us could pay for it. Amen. None of us could pay for. Not even Solomon's wealth 
could have paid for the gift that was hung on the tree. And that's why the Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Nobody could pay for that gift. Nobody could earn that gift. Nobody was worthy of that gift. It was God in his mercy and his love, his kindness, his grace. It was God who gave it to us, provided it for us. Even when we're not worthy. And it is through this gift this gift of Christ. We find John in 1 John chapter 2 when John talks about the fact that, that, that it is through this gift of Christ when, 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 when he became the, the propitiation for our sins. And when I read that, I say to myself, you know, this is, this is the blessing of life because, see, without Christ dying on the cross of Calvary, without the gift that was hung on the tree, there are none, there are no amount of gifts, if you will, that we could ever acquire upon the face of the earth that would, that would, that would uh, uh, be able to substitute for eternal life. Nothing. No matter what monetary value we may place on it. There was nothing that the world could offer that could substitute the value of eternal life. And so God gives us Christ, and, and Christ becomes our advocate. And the Bible says it's Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Peace and goodwill toward all men did not come from the gifts that are placed under the tree. Peace and goodwill to all men did not come on a wonderful card sparkled and, and laced with paintings and, and wonderful sparkles. It didn't come from, if you will, the, the wonderful meals that we sit down and eat and fill our fleshly bellies. It didn't come from any of that. It came from the gift that was on the tree. That's where all that comes from. And surely, when we understand that, we should have a deeper appreciation of being able to get through one day after another. Knowing that no matter what gift that we receive under the tree, it is temporary in its nature. Are y'all with me? No matter what was offered under the tree, it, 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 is, it, is, it is temporary in nature. But the gift that really keeps on giving is the gift that's hung on the tree. You see? Because every day, not, not just one day, amen, but every day the gift that is hung on the tree keeps on giving. And I thank God that every day that that gift that is hung on the tree, our advocate Christ that is hung on the tree, I thank God that every day he keeps on giving. Because see, every day when I am striving to live a Christian life, a righteous life before God, and the, and the challenges of life come upon me and cause me to stumble and fall sometimes, it is the gift that is hung on the tree that every day I can go to him and ask for that forgiveness and that strength that I need to go the next day. You need Christmas, you know, Christmas cards fade. And sometimes they get misplaced and you never know that you received them in the first place. Some of them make it to the trash can before the 25th ends. 
just because we're cleaning up our houses or our, wherever our abode is and, and, and it never makes it. The food is consumed and eventually it goes away and there's nothing there. Whatever gift that you have, there's only a temporary nature in it. It won't last forever. And certainly, even the very appeal of it goes away. The newness and the, and the, and the, and the shine goes away. It becomes dull and the, and, the, and the joy of receiving it eventually, if you will, wanes somewhat. But if you have an understanding of what Christ Christ did. Every day, there's a reason to wake up with a smile on your face. Because I know that Christ sits at the right hand of God. And he's advocating for me. And he's advocating for me. He, he sits at the right hand of God. And, he, and, he, and he's giving, if you will, the 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 the, the uh, uh, instruction and the wisdom to man that by us understanding what God's will is, we are now in a position whereby we can truly benefit from the gift that God gave. And that is in the form of Christ. Because he sits at the right hand of God and he advocates for us. He says that whosoever will, let him come. Let him come unto God. Let him take of the water of life freely. He advocates for each and every soul. And by his advocacy, we are now, if you will, able to be made whole. I wonder if you understand the significance of the relationship of man and God. And what we had in the Garden of Eden and why it's so important that we understand the issue of reconciliation. I wonder if you understand when, when Paul says to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 as he talks about, uh, for we all must stand before the judgment bar of God and give an account of the things we've done in this body, whether it be good and evil. But, but, but I wonder if we truly understand that when we are reconciled unto God, it is because without God, you are unfinished. You're not complete without the Lord. Amen. I know that sounds kind of deep for a holiday season, but I want you to understand something. You know, we need to know why this is important for us. And I need to know why because, see, what I'm searching for in the world is not present to make me whole. What God has given us is an opportunity to understand that reconciliation is reconciled with him. Now, 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 understand something. The idea of him, us being reconciled because we have, to, we have to stand before the judgment bar of God and we have to give an account of these things that we've done in this body, whether it be good or evil, whether it be for life and death. We, we stand before God, but God said something to us in that same text as we drop down to verse number 17. I'll start at 16 just for context. But in 2 Corinthians 5 and 16, Paul writes to us, he says, Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, Lord have mercy. If any man be in Christ, I, I have to stop you here for just for a second because I said that without God in our life, without Christ in our life, we are incomplete. We are not whole. 
without Christ being in our lives. And there's nothing upon the face of this earth that can ever make us whole without Christ in our lives. No gifts will make us whole. No, no gifts will fill up the emptiness of what's within us. The joy comes for a moment, yes, but we're still not complete without Christ in our lives. So Paul says to us, he says, look, when you think about this judgment bar, when you think about standing before him and you have to do that in verse number 10 and we have to give an account of those things, whether it be good or bad, when we stand before him, verse number 17 says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, you have to understand something. Therefore, if any man be in Christ makes this point, you become a new creature in Christ. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I want you to see something here. In the spiritual eyes that we see, that we see through, we look at this text and we say to ourselves, there's a very interesting point being made here. There's something about old things in there. There's something about new. Now, old things we all can talk about. Amen. Oh, yeah, I know we can talk about old things. Because we all know what we did. Amen. If you're here, you're blessed to be able to hopefully have the right set, the right uh, uh, cognition of mind where you can think about what you used to do. And you know where you came from. Are y'all with me? But I recognize something here. I recognize something. If any man be in Christ, old things are passed away. The idea of passing away means put to death the old things. As long as I'm outside of Christ, notice that the text says, if any man be in Christ, therefore, if I'm outside of Christ, my old things hang on. And they're still alive and living. And they continue to take me down. But with Christ being in my life and being my advocate, As he says, if any man be in Christ, when I am in Christ, then Christ becomes my advocate. And so he says, old things are passed away. And so those old things, all the things that we used to do, all the things that were of the carnal mind, all the things that were of the flesh, all those things that were of the world, the lust of the eye and the pride of life, all those things that were of the world. When I, when, when, when I was uh, running with the, with, with, the, with the children of disobedience, and that is simply to say running with the behavior and the actions of Satan and the devil, when I was doing all those things that were simply sinful, I could not get rid of those things. I could not defeat those things. Because I didn't have the other part that was necessary to give me the strength to complete me. So that I may be able to overcome them. But if any man be in Christ, Lord have mercy. He becomes a new creature. He becomes a new creature. A new creation. In other words... When a man gives his life to God, when a person gives themselves to God, when they obey the gospel, the Bible says you become new. In new in what sense? God adds something to your life that you did not have before. And so you become a new creature. You see, the devil's okay without without Christ being in your life because he knows that as long as Christ is not in your life, he can defeat you easily. But when Christ is in your life, become a new creature. 
And the devil knows what that means. God gives his spirit to all those who obey him. God adds to your life. And he adds something that you could not get without Christ. That is the access to the throne room of God. Where he gives you his spirit. And with his spirit being given to you. And strengthening you. You now not only have an advocate in Christ Jesus, as uh, 1 Timothy 2.5 helps us to understand, you not only have an advocate with Christ Jesus, as 1 John chapter 2 and 1 helps us understand, uh, uh, w- w- when, we, when we look at uh, first, uh, Tim- Timothy 2 and 5, it's his mediator. But when we deal with 1 John 2, it's his advocate. When we look at the advocate for Christ, uh, of Christ, with his advocacy, we find something very important. When we look at that and we see that in Christ, in our relationship with him, we become a new creature. We have the Holy Spirit in our lives. Notice what happens. Something that could not happen without old things passing away. The Holy Spirit becomes the system through which now we have access to God directly. We have access to God before, without Christ being in our lives, there is no direct contact to the Lord in the sense that we can pray and ask for those things that we are in need of. It's not until we have uh, that relationship with God who has given us of his Holy Spirit that we now have access to the throne room of God. And it is through that process that we become new creatures in Christ Jesus. In Romans chapter 8, we find... Paul writing to the church at Rome. And we talked about last Lord's Day about being redeemed, being bought with a price, that is by the price that Jesus paid on the cross of Calvary. In Romans chapter 8 and verse number 24, the Bible says, For we are saved by hope. But hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth yet he why doth he yet hope for? Verse number 25. But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Verse number 26. Likewise, the Spirit, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. You see, God knows our past. He knows our weaknesses. He knows our challenges. He knows our infirmities. He knows where we fall short, but he's given us to those who have obeyed the gospel, to those who are in Christ Jesus. He has given us of his spirit, and now his spirit does what? Helpeth us with our infirmities, our weaknesses. order to connect to God, in order for us to become new creatures. This is the advocacy of Christ. There was no way for this to occur. There was no way for us to have that that reconciliation to God without Christ in our lives. 
There is no, there is no going to some quiet place and praying without being in a situation of relationship with God, which is to be in Christ Jesus. I don't care how many buildings you build. I don't care how many sanctuaries you create. I don't care what kind of prayers and poetry you try to frame and what exact words you need to say. None of that is going to put you in the throne room of God without Christ. But we get so caught up in, oh, you need to say this. And then we get into the mysticism, right? You need to say it in speaking in tongues, right? In order for people, oh, I'm saying something. I don't know what I'm saying, but I'm saying something. And I don't know what I'm saying, but it's put me into the throne room of God. That's not how this works. Christ is our advocate. Amen. And if any man be in Christ, not that he can properly pray well or say many wonderful words. Or lofty words. Not because he can put on a robe and a cloak and a hat and run around with candles and and incense burning in a building with a steeple with people. That's not what makes us connected to God. What connects us to God is if any man be in Christ, Lord have mercy, he becomes a new creature. If they burn down every building, every steeple, if they burn down every place that has any kind of religious act, uh, 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 description given to it. If they burn down everything, if any man be in Christ, he can still go to God in prayer. You see, you got to get beyond all of the fancifulness and start understanding the true teaching of God's prayer. This is about being in Christ. This is about having a relationship if you're reconciled to God. Reconciliation means that something's incomplete. It's out of balance. It's out of order. And as long as you're not in Christ, you're going to forever be incomplete, out of balance, and out of order. And I'm not talking about just your flesh. I'm talking about your spirit. For the Bible says, where if you die in your sin, where he is, you cannot come. Your flesh was never going to make it into heaven's glory. So when he says, if any man, rather, if you die in your sins, where he is, you cannot come. If you die in your sins, where he is, you cannot come. It's not talking about how your flesh is going to transform. It's about your spirit. Your spirit's not going to make it to heaven. So your spirit is out of balance. Because it's not in Christ. Are y'all with me? And so when I stand before the judgment bar of God. To give an account of the things. That I've done in this body. Whether it be good. Or whether it be bad. I want to be able. To recall. In my spiritual mind. That if any man. Be in Christ. All things are passed away. Lord have mercy. And all things have become new. So when I'm in Christ and I'm standing before the judgment bar of God, I'm about to transition into mediator. When I stand before the judgment bar of God and I know that through my life's journey of changing and transforming and being not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of my mind, I am now focused on living a life down here as Christ as my advocate so that one day, When I stand before the judgment bar of God, because we all must stand. When I stand before the judgment bar of God, I can recall in my spirit 
Anthony, you don't have to worry about those things that you used to do. Because old things are passed away. And all things have become new. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. And so I want to be able to stand before God knowing that I obeyed the gospel. And now when I stand before God, y'all got to be with me here. Knowing now that, now that I stand before God, and I've done all that I can do. And I've struggled through all that I could struggle through. And I've done all that I could do in obeying the gospel and living and striving to live a Christian life. I know now that as I stand before God, the advocacy on my behalf is now placed to the side. Because I was being, and I was placed in a position, we were placed in a position for God to. See Christ's blood on our life by us being in Christ Jesus. And in doing that, we were looking for the time, looking forward to the time that when he would cease to be our advocate, and then he would become our, our mediator. Now, the mediator is different from the advocate. The advocate is one who, while we are here, 1 John 2, and we're in our sins, that means we're still alive, working through our issues of life. He's advocating. He's advocating in the sense that he's already given us the word of God, the Bible, as we call it. And we study it, and we listen to it, and we change our lives, and we shape our lives, we mold our lives around what the Bible says so that we can live lives that are, are, that are identified as God, as being good. As Paul would tell Timothy, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. It is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfectly furnished, and thoroughly furnished rather, unto all good works. And so we know that the word of God is meant to do that. It will not return unto him void. We talked about that. It's going to accomplish that for which it has been purposed. God wants us to do good. The choice is whether or not we, we, we change our lives in that it will become good before God. So as we stand before the judgment bar, advocacy, after the advocacy has already been done. The word of God has already been delivered. Christ has already died on the cross. He's in heaven through the Holy Spirit. When we make prayer, the Spirit makes intercession for us and helpeth us with our infirmities. We don't even know how to pray, but we say things that we, ought, that, that we need from God. And the Spirit, if you will, knows the mind of our spirit and that God knows the mind of his spirit. And so God knows what our needs are. So we have all of that while we're here. But notice something. When we stand before the judgment bar, you don't have to worry about the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit has already done his job. There's only one mediator between God and man. And that's Christ. And so forget, he, the advocacy is done. We're now at the point of, 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 of when the books are open. And another book was open. One being the book of life and the other being the word of God. The books were open. Now reconciliation is taking place. Because the only way I can make it into heaven's glory is that I must be reconciled 
with God. Lord have mercy. So the mediator, who used to be my advocate, is now my mediator. And the mediator is the one, I misplaced my glasses. The mediator is the one that now comes to the discussion at the judgment bar. And when he comes to the discussion at the judgment bar, being the mediator, he now says, how do we, how do we bring Anthony together? How do I reconcile him to the divinity of God? The same text that was addressing, the same text that was addressing that we all must stand before the judgment bar of God. In verse number 17, when he says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he, he gives you the elements of it. If any man be in Christ. So when I stand before the judgment bar of God, what the first principle, the first, you can forget about all the other stuff. The first principle is, is he in Christ? Is he in Christ? So if any man, look, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Amen. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Verse 18. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us unto himself. By who? By Jesus, Lord have mercy. I cannot become As uh, 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 the, the, the Cornelius did when he gave much alms and he was considered to be a just man, a good man. He did many things, wonderful things, good things. And God looked at him and said to him that, to him that he needed to send servants down to, to, to Simon Peter's house, where Simon's house, where, where Peter, if Simon the Tanner, where Peter was, and, and send them to Joppa so that they can be told words whereby they would be saved. Understand something. With all the good things that, 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 uh, that Cornelius did, he was not reconciled. He was still incomplete. You see, we think that it's a good thing. Oh, I gave a whole lot of people a bunch of gifts. That's wonderful. That doesn't complete them. And it certainly doesn't complete you. Until I've been in Christ. He says, when the judge of the angels makes up the He's been so good. And in that exchange with Peter, Peter says, the Bible already said that he would tell them words whereby they would be saved. And then Peter says, who can forbid water that these should not be baptized? And as he was speaking, as he was speaking, the Holy Spirit fell on them. And some people want to say, well, the Holy Spirit saved them. No, the Holy Spirit didn't save them. The Holy Spirit fell on them. 
so that there would be no distinction between the Gentiles and the Jews, but they will all be one, having of the same spirit that God gave to them at the beginning. But when he looked at it, he, they, the baptism was essential. The baptism, did, the Holy Spirit didn't put them in Christ. The Holy Spirit made a point of making them the same as they did in the beginning when, they, when the Spirit fell on them on the day of Pentecost. It made everybody the same, but the Spirit didn't come to save them. He had to be in Christ. Baptism! Put him in Christ. Because if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You cannot become a new creature outside of Christ. No matter how many good things you do. No matter how many wonderful things you do. You have to be in Christ. So as we think about this holiday season, and we want to do all the wonderful things that we like to do. Write cards and send cards and give gifts and and, 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 and have joyous occasions and, 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 and thank God that he's given us a day. Even, even among those who are just and unjust, this day has been given and individuals can have those opportunities to share in those different types of festivities. But one thing you can't share in that only God can give and that's eternal life. And in order to share in that, you've got to be in Christ. And when you're in Christ and he becomes your mediator, He's at the judgment bar with you. And he says he's in Christ. How do you know he's in Christ? Because we have opened up the books and we've reconciled his life. And so he's in Christ Jesus. This is, this is Jesus. Look, he's, he's ceased being your advocate. Now he's the mediator, right? He, he's, he's making sure that all that you have done, all that you have struggled through does not go unidentified. As Paul says, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I finished my course. Henceforth, there's a crown of righteousness that the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me in that day. And not only unto me, but also unto all those who love his appearing. When Paul stands with Christ, Christ can say about Paul, he's all right tonight. Lord have mercy. He kept the faith. And remember Revelations 2 and 10 says, be faithful unto death. Be faithful unto death. Paul was dying. Paul was getting ready to pass away. But Paul made sure that as that day approached, that he kept the faith. Finish his course. And if we keep the faith, we'll be like Paul. Paul knew that his mediator was Christ. And that's why he told Timothy, that there's only one mediator between God and man. And that is Christ Jesus. And so that's why when you see Paul preaching through his, through his epistles. And he's sharing these words with you. Paul is letting us know. I came where you are. Came from where you are. I've been where you've been. Paul struggled in life just like we struggled in life. Paul had doubts about the word of God just like we had doubts about the word of God. Y'all with me? Paul gave us more epistles than any of the other apostles. I wonder why. Because Paul is more closer to us than the other apostles. Paul denied Christ, rejected God, imprisoned those who would even voice the name of Christ. Stood by those who killed Stephen, a preacher of righteousness. Held the throats of those. This is Paul. Used to be called Saul. But when he looked back at his life, Paul could say, And he came and said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is 
didn't just come to Paul, Saul just to say that. Paul was living a life that wasn't worthy of heaven's glory. I wanted you to look at yourself in the mirror and say, am I another Saul that needs to become Paul? Because we've done some dirty stuff in our lives. Oh, we know we have. Ephesians chapter 2 says we all walked as the children of disobedience after the course of this world. Amen. You might as well go on and admit it because we were all there. But the reconciliation is what gives us joy. That's what gives me joy. Because I know that whatever I've done in the past, old things have passed away. When I obeyed the gospel, I had a chance to make a new life in Christ Jesus. And yes, it's a struggle. And it continues to be the struggle. But at least I'm not struggling alone. Christ is my advocate. Who will one day become my mediator. And my mediator becomes the one who stands with me at the judgment bar. And when he stands with me at the judgment bar, then I'm able to see the blessing of being in Christ Jesus. Let me hurry. When, when I'm standing before the judgment bar and I'm giving an account, you do have to understand that, 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 that I, don't, I don't know what role the devil is going to play but I know the role that he has played. You see, I know that the devil brought in all sin into the world. There was no sin in the world until the devil showed up. Are y'all with me? God didn't bring sin into the world. The devil brought sin into the world. Amen. Lust, seek, lie, murder, all those things and such like, the devil brought it in. Our lives are wrapped up in those things. So when I stand before the judgment bar of God, I know that, 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 that if, if, if my life is not hid in Christ, I'm going to have a problem. Paul says, I know in my flesh, Romans chapter 7, is no good thing. So my flesh is not going to make it. I got to have a spiritual life. And it has to be in Christ Jesus. And so when I get to the judgment bar of God and, 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 and I have to give an account of those things that, are be, uh, that, 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 that I have done to my body, whether they be good or whether they be bad. You see, when I've done things that ought not to have been done, I need a mediator to say, I know he did this, but this is what he did to take care of that. I need Christ to intervene for me because if I'm standing there I don't know what to say to God I don't know how to say it to God the Father I let the Lord have mercy I'm saying if I'm standing there by myself I'm going to be in trouble I might say something I shouldn't be saying I need Christ to tell me Thank you. 
intervenes on your behalf. He, he speaks on your behalf. He intervenes on your behalf. He, he, if you will, he is called, if you will, not only in the sense of the mediator being an, uh, the, the intervener, he's also an interpreter. Lord, see, because you don't know what to say. I don't, even, I don't know what you need. What else you need to understand. I already read, read Romans chapter 8. We don't know what to say. So when you stand before God, you don't know what to say in your prayer. How do you think you're going to know what to say in the judgment day? Shut up. He must be in Christ. And then Jesus says, yeah, you can talk about what he used to do. But let me tell you about him being a new creature. A new creature in Christ Jesus. That's the other thing. And so Jesus begins to speak about how we lived as new creatures, as a new creation. And when he talks about how he lived as a new creature, as a new creation, and people keep bringing up stuff that he used to do, that you used to do, then Christ says, look, don't you understand the law? The law says if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. You can't bring up old stuff. You got to start from the cross. Thank you, Jesus, because, you know, you know, you got some folk want to bring up some old stuff. And, it, and, and so I said before, I don't know what role the devil is going to play, but I know what role he played. And I know what role he played, and I know what he tried to do the last time I saw the devil come before God. And let me tell you something. The devil coming before God, the Bible says he's going to be judged too. But let me tell you something. Be, be careful here. Now I'm closing. I'm closing. We're going to deal with this mediator some more, but let me tell you, let me, let me just give you the vision of, the, of, of, of what's happening at the, at, at, the, at the judgment bar. The devil has to be judged too. You've got to understand that. The devil is going to be judged, and, 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 and he's going to be cast into hell. Amen. Just like everybody else. He's going to have to stand before God. Now notice something here. The devil brought in sin. And the devil is not interested in having, having an obedient faith in God. James tells us that. He's not interested in that. He's going to do all those things. He's not interested in having an obedient faith unto God. If the devil can't be saved because of his disobedience, what makes you think you can be saved if you continue to disobey? You follow what I'm saying? When the devil gets his shot, he's going to say, if you're going to send me to hell. You follow what I'm saying? If you're going to send me, he, he ain't going to sit up there and say, yeah, I'll just, uh-uh. He ain't going quietly. How do you know that, Brother Cole Pepper? Because when he stood before God before, 
And I'll just take you back to the book of Job. I know what the devil's going to do. He doesn't change his pattern. When he stood before God and God asked him, wherefore cometh thou? He didn't sit there and be quiet. He started blaming everybody else. Have you considered my servant Job? Right? And then what does he say? Job only serving you because you have a head around you. You know the story. But I'm telling you this. Whenever the devil stands before God, he's going to have something to say. And if you see that pattern, you can see this. No one who is in disobedience to God is going to make it. The devil knows where he's going. And he's going to sit back and he's going to, he's going to stand before God and he's going to charge every last one of us and say, if you're going to send me to hell, you got to send all the rest of them. That's the only way God can be a just God. The Lord have mercy. And so when we stand before God, I need a mediator. Here I come. I'm done. I'm done right here. Because, see, the devil will accuse you. He always does. But when he stands before God, and, 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 and so Jesus has been our advocate. We're at the mediator now. And, 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 and Jesus is there standing next to you. And the devil says, if you're going to send me to hell, you got to send them all the rest of them to hell. And then the devil, and Jesus is going to come back and say, yeah, there's only one thing different between you, Satan, and my child over here, my brother and sister over here. You see, they are in Christ. You ain't. In other words, when they obeyed the gospel, my blood covered them. My blood didn't cover you. Oh, Lord, have mercy. If any man be in Christ, I think some of us should start sliding over the Christ's side. Right? I need to slide over the Christ's side. That's right, me and Christ. Yeah. We in Christ. Because, see, the devil's not in Christ. You need somebody to advocate and to mediate in that position. I died for them. I died for their sins. And they obeyed the gospel. And now they are in Christ. I need Jesus to speak those words. And say in that judgment day, he's all right because he's in Christ. He suffered some things, but he's in Christ. He stumbled sometimes, but he's in Christ. He failed sometimes, but he got up because he's in Christ. Amen. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. He's in Christ. That's why I need a mediator who can intervene on my behalf, who can interpret on my behalf, who can do, who can, if you will, be the intercessor on my behalf. And then lastly, be the reconciler on my behalf. Reconcile me to God, Lord. That I might one day be saved. Because I know that if I'm not in Christ. If I'm not in you. Then I have no chance to be saved. So as we give gifts. So as we share joy this year. And as we have those wonderful family events. And sit around the table. And eat a lot of food. And, 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 and laughter. And, 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 and tears. And, and all those things that we do. During these holiday seasons. Remember one thing. It's not about the gifts under the tree. It's about the gift on the tree. And the gift on the tree is Christ Jesus. Romans 2 and 17 says, Say this thing coming by faith, knowing that it will be called. Hebrews 11 and 6 says, For without faith it is impossible to please God, who will come to God, must believe that he is, and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Matthew 6 and 33 says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God doesn't want you to perish, he wants you to live. 
And so Romans 10 and 9, we come out with this Romans 10 and 10, with our body and the leaders that have been Christ, the mouth confession has been made, with the heart and the leaders of Christ, the mouth confession is made. We need to open up the gospel. Because if we don't open that gospel to the gospel, we need to work with supplication all of our time and energy. And we need not to be constantly deal with new change in my life. Sister yes. Joya. I have a card from Sister Susie Loring with a, with a statement on the back. Sister Susie Loring says, I am requesting traveling grace and wishing everyone a safe holidays. Sister Loring. 
have a card from our member, 